It's time for the Thursday Night Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show is presented by Mechdyne. Headquartered in Marshalltown and founded by Iowa State grads, Mechdyne is a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. Now, here is your host, Jared Stansberry. Welcome into another Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. As always, I'm Jared Stansberry. On tonight's show, we're going to talk some Iowa State hoops here in just a few moments with Iowa State former Iowa State men's basketball player and now Cyclone Fanatic basketball analyst Scott Christofferson. He'll be on the call of Iowa State's game against Oregon State tomorrow night on ESPN+. Of course, we'll get our picks of the week. From Chris Williams, Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive, and Brent Bloom. And then we'll close things out with a little bit of Iowa State women's basketball talk with Cyclone Fanatic women's basketball reporter Connor Ferguson. But now we're going to head to the phones. And we're joined now here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Nebraska Furniture, Martin Clive, by Cyclone Fanatic basketball analyst, former Cyclone Scott Christofferson. Scott, I got to say, you did a great job on the broadcast on ESPN Plus the other night. It was nice uh, to finally have some talent on one of those broadcasts. I'm, I'm sorry you had to you know, bring your partner up so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, actually, uh, gosh, I owe Brent a lot of, uh, a lot of thanks in that, um, all kidding aside. I mean, he, it was a lot of fun to do it with him, and he was very helpful as my first time ever doing anything like that. So definitely nice to have somebody, uh, like him with the experience and, uh, you know, just a good teacher. And it, like I said, it was a lot of fun to, to get to do that. Looking forward to doing it again on Friday night. You did a much better job than, uh, Brandon Whedon did on the Iowa state, West Virginia football game, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So like, if that was the bar, you certainly cleared it. I'll, I'll tell it you is, that. Is that the brand, I guess, is, is that Brandon Whedon, the former quarterback, or I guess I don't, it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. It is. Exactly. It is. Yeah. He wasn't, he was not up to par. He was not. No, he, okay. uh, he certainly struggled. His play-by-play partner was not near as good as Brent either. So I, I think that that was a, like, if, uh, you know, Generally, I think those ESPN plus teams are not like you guys are a, a really good team for ESPN plus standards. They were like the F team uh, <laughs> of ESPN plus. I'll put it that well, way. Well, it's always nice to get to follow the F team. You know, they, they set the bar real low. There's a lot of room for, for Brent and I to, to surpass them. For sure. Um, all right. So obviously Iowa state got the win over Kennesaw state and that one. Then tomorrow night, you'll be on the call on ESPN plus, uh, Iowa state hosting Oregon state and what should be a, a really interesting game with a team that went to the elite eight last season coming into Hilton Coliseum. I guess my first question though, just what, what were your overall thoughts of, of what you saw from the cyclones against Kennesaw? Yeah. I mean, to, to start, uh, I think the thing that stood out, I, I would think to most fans and, and people that watch the game is, this team played with as much energy and effort as any Cyclones team I've ever watched play. You know, there's been a lot made of, you know, where they were picked in the big 12 and, you know, all the, the lack of players coming back, a lot of new faces, but I, I think you got to tip your hat to them. I mean, they competed their butts off for 40 minutes. I mean, the ball pressure was outstanding. Uh, they're, they, they held Kennesaw state to a, a one to four assist to turnover ratio. Um, you can, you can stay in and win a lot of games playing that way. Um, offensively, uh, you know, started off a little bit clunky and, and, you know, I don't want to beat on the officials, but I, I thought it, it was hard to get into a game flow with as many fouls that were called. Some of it, I do think, uh, both teams 
struggled to adjust to the, the officiating. And then some of it was maybe uh, a strong emphasis on uh, physicality, which made the game a little disjointed. But what I liked, the, what I liked to see is in the second half, I thought in particular, the first 10 minutes, they were able to get into some flow uh, using the bigs at the the high post and kind of a, a horns action. And then a, a little bit of a motion action to get the ball moving from side to side. And out of that, you got to see different guys. I, I thought Kelshur and Brockington, especially slash out of that. Um, and, and, it, and it started to, uh, to look, look better as the game wore on um, that, that was really what stood out to me uh, on the positive side. Um, I think going into this game on Friday, uh, you know, they're going to look to, you know, not take a full half of basketball to kind of get into a, some sort of an offensive flow. If they can do that, uh, I think have more quality possessions like they did in the second half there. Um, that's going to improve their, their opportunities on the offensive end. And then defensively uh, continuing to push the envelope with the aggressiveness, but, you know, let's say there were 20 fouls too many called in that game. I think 10 of them uh, were probably, Iowa state, maybe not uh, taking, taking some unnecessary risks. And then the other 10 would maybe be the officials uh, uh, calling some ticky tack fouls. So I, I would just say continuing to push forward um, on, on being aggressive and letting that be the identity of their team. But, uh, you know, we saw the, the, the war of attrition even take, take place in the first game. Uh, Got to have guys on the floor. You want to get to that eight to 10 minute mark in the second half um, with, you know, hopefully your, your key players, no more than three fouls so that you can really, you know, compete down the stretch there without having to think about, you know, fouling out and that sort of a thing. So, so I think I absolutely agree with you as far as the, the offense was concerned. I mean, I, it was just an oddly officiated game. I think like it, and it, you know, people might not realize just how difficult it is to get in any sort of flow in any kind of way, like whether it's shooting the ball, whether it's even knowing what to do, you know, on defense, like there were times where, you know, I was just trying to move their feet and you, you can tell that they're trying to move their feet, but you're getting called for hip checks or whatever it may be. And then you're not getting it on the other end. So like, it was just like a weird game in that sense. But you know, the thing that I thought was really encouraging about them offensively is that they, there was so much more movement, from them in their offensive sets than what we have been, what we got used to, I think over the you know last four or five years where it's not, you know, every time down the floor, it's okay. Now it's my turn to go and, you know, do something in the ISO game or something like that. Every time you saw somebody catch the ball, you know, they're getting into the triple threat and they're looking to pass before they're even looking to shoot for the most part. And I think that that's a, you know, I think that's a positive. That's going to be important for this team if they want to play the way that they want to on the defensive end. And I, and I, I, that was encouraging, you know, especially for game one, just to see them be able to get into some sets and get some easy baskets that way. I thought was, it was really good. I agree. I, I, I thought, you know, I thought as the game wore on, they were able to anytime offensively, especially early in the year with so many new pieces, a new coaching staff, you want to kind of establish your fastball per se. Like if you're a pitcher, right, you come out, you establish your fastball, then you get to your off speed, speed stuff, the second and tri- second and third time through the lineup. And I think they were able to establish that early in the second half with that motion offense, a lot of times, you know, all it takes is one or two times for the ball to go from one side of the court to the other. And the defense gets a little bit out of position. And then you've got, you know, your slashers, you've got, um, in, in Cal Shure and Brockington, you've got, um, uh, Tyrese Hunter, who obviously uh, we can get to in a little bit here, the, some of the things that he can do, 
and then they punch a gap or they get the ball in the paint. And now you got the defense scrambling where you're getting to the free throw line. You're getting a, you know, either maybe an easy lay in a dump down to a big for a dunk or an inside out three. I think this team has to play this way. Um, I think if they get into that sort of ISO, it's my turn type of game, I think they're really going to struggle. But I would also say after watching them practice once and now watching them play in the first game, I don't think this team has any interest in trying to play that way. I mean, what really stood out aside from the energy and effort is they really play for each other. I mean, never, never when I was watching that game, did I think somebody was doing anything other than trying to do everything they could to win the basketball game. And if that can be the identity of this team, energy and effort, and then selflessness, there's a lot to get behind for for Cyclone fans and be excited about. I'm glad you brought up Tyree Sunner. That that was where I was going to go next because he did some things that I thought were were really impressive and things that you really don't see a ton, um, especially from a freshman in his his very first college game. Um, there was one play. First of all, I'll bring up offensively. There was one play that he made. It was kind of him and George Condit where they were running their horn set, and it was George Condit had the ball, you know, not behind the three point line, but right there in the high post. And with the way that Kennesaw had played in the passing lanes, Tyrese was able to recognize in their offense, you know, come out, see his guy flying out there to try and prevent a, a pass to the wing. He back cuts, goes, you know, and gets to the rim. George makes a nice drop down pass to him. Tyrese goes up for the dunk. He wasn't able to get it in, but showed off the bunnies a little bit on that one with, uh, with, with <laughs> the athleticism. Yeah. The explosive athleticism that that young man has. Uh, I mean, you can see that he's really starting to see things in the game is already pretty slow for him in that sense where he's not just, you know, going spot to spot or something like that. He's seeing the game. And then the other one that was so impressive was the, the defensive play where he knocks the ball away. It goes flying, you know, rolls all the way down the floor. And rather than pick the ball up in a position where he probably would have gone out of bounds, he waited for the, Kennesaw state guy to dive on the floor and go out of bounds and basically just kept it where it's like the only way you're going to get this ball is you're going to have to go out of bounds. And I, and then he, you know, was looking in the crowd and all that stuff. I was like, man, that is not a true freshman type of play. That was his, it was a very impressive debut for, for Tyrese. Yeah. His, uh, his opening performance, uh, as far as his confidence and, and, and I think it's important to distinguish between confidence and arrogance. He is the anti-arrogant uh, he has an anti-arrogant approach. I mean, you listen to some of the things TJ says about him too. TJ would not be as complimentary of his approach and his attitude if that were not 100% true. So I thought his confidence, his swagger were, were off the charts for a freshman. And as I watched that game and thought about it a little bit, guy that kind of came to mind um, that, 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 that to, just for a comparison's sake, and I, I like to have a little bit of fun with comparisons. Does he mind you, remind you a little bit of TJ Ford? from Texas from uh, gosh, probably about 15 years ago. I mean, five foot 11, six foot, uh, just 94 feet of speed, quickness and fast twitch um, can get his head on the rim real quick. And I, and I think as the season plays on is they're going to lean on him with the ball in his hands at the top of the key in, in some, uh, some ISOs or maybe some, uh, some pick and roll type of stuff and try to get him going downhill and put pressure on the defense. Cause when you can finish at the rim the way he can, and I think as the game, as they continue to play more and more, he'll continue to see. I mean, he saw the floor really well on, on the opening night. I think he's going to continue to see it better and better as the season wears on. I, I just, I, I think he's got a, a ton of star potential. And that was the guy that I kind of thought about when, uh, after the game, when I was, I was just kind of thinking of how he played.
I think the the biggest difference between TJ Ford and Tyrese is that uh, Tyrese's entire uniform is made out of the same amount of fabric that it took to make TJ Ford's shorts back when he played at Texas <laughs> for the Milwaukee Bucks because those things were like all the way down to his socks back in the day. <laughs> I know I had to play in shorts like that at one point in time, and it it, it uh, I'm I'm glad to see that that, that we've uh, transitioned out of that and, and gotten into to shorts that fit a little bit better. Man, it's it's so funny to see. I, I remember you know when they didn't play the tournament in 2020, and they had all the like classic games on CBS every weekend. And I watched the 2008 national championship game between Kansas and Memphis. And you just you watch these guys that are playing in shorts that would basically be like sweatpants now. Yes. And and it's just like, how did we ever play basketball? And how did anybody ever think that this was a good idea to have these shorts that were so big? But man, yeah, just it's crazy to see how the game changes so fast and you know with things like that um what were your impressions of of Gabe Kalsher and, and Isaiah Brockington you know obviously they both were the top two scorers for Iowa State in this game much different ways uh I think you'd like to see Gabe's you know shooting from three be a little bit more consistent when only one of six in the uh mm-hmm. in, in the season opener but you know, was still impressive with his ability to attack the rim and showed showed more of a, an ability to attack the rim than I think most people would have expected from him. And then, I mean, Isaiah is, is electric when he gets downhill going uh, towards the basket and transition. I mean, he's going to be really fun and he's going to have some major highlights, I think, this season in, in that area. Absolutely. I thought Isaiah Brockington played um, a, a, a complete game. Uh, I thought, uh, obviously, he shot it pretty well for the night. Um, but just all the other things too. And that's where a guy like him as a senior veteran leader, whether he's making shots or not, he just plays a winning brand of basketball. You know, he's on the floor after loose balls, he's cleaning up rebounds. He's moving the ball on offense. He's punching gaps and creating long closeouts for other guys. I was really impressed with him. I thought he had an outstanding performance. Gabe Kalshore, I, I know his reputation is as a shooter. And I know that he has also has a little bit of reputation of being streaky, I view him as more of a slasher than I do as just a pure shooter. And and I I say that as a compliment to him. I think what will allow him to play his way through some of the shooting slumps that he, you know, evidently notoriously has is his ability to punch gaps, get in the paint, get to the free throw line. I thought defensively he was really active. He got out in transition some. Um, It got, you know, the whistle got blown dead, but you saw him catch a lob uh, in transition. I think if he takes on more of an approach of, I don't want to overthink my shooting. I don't want to, you know, when you're going through a shooting slump, one of the worst things you can do is sit around and think about it. The more he can get out there, punch gaps, be active on the defensive end, get up and down. That helps you get through those shooting walls. And then, yeah, when he's got it going, he's going to have big nights, but they are, they can't afford for him to go one for six from the three and not be heavily involved in the game. And I thought he did a great job of being super active on both ends of the floor. And I would encourage him to continue to view himself as a slasher that has the ability to get hot from the outside, as opposed to being, you know, your Nas Long or Matt Thomas type of just pure shooter that that, that's going to kind of be um, your, your, your fastball per se. Absolutely. We're talking Iowa state basketball with cyclone fanatic basketball analyst, Scott Christofferson. The, the big men, I thought it was an interesting season opener for that 
that duo of, of George Conda and Robert Jones. Jones obviously gets a start, but only played 11 minutes in the game. Let's start with him. He's a, he's an intriguing player to me because he requires like no involvement in the offense to stay engaged in the game, which I think is a, a positive. Uh, when you've got the guards that Iowa state has and some guys that kind of need the ball in their hands to, you know, be able to, to make a major impact, whether it's Brockington or whoever, but uh, you know, I'd like to see more than four rebounds from him that that probably tie, is tied as much as anything to his, his minutes. But I thought that he was really solid for him and to just have that guy that, you know, doesn't need to score to make an impact on the game. Like it's kind of nice to see someone like that be out there and be effective. I agree. I, I think as you pointed out, you know, you've got your big three in Brockington, Hunter and Kalsher. I think the offense night in and night out is going to flow through them. And so now you're talking about, you want guys that can impact the game without ever having a play called for them without ever needing to really touch the ball on a, on a consistent basis. And I think he has the ability to do that Um, block shots, finishing at the rim, um, playing good defense on uh, 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 in pick and roll situations, covering up, uh, you know, some things when a guy gets by somebody being able to come and swat a shot from the weak side, you know, it, it was a little bit of a disjointed game. He obviously only played 11 minutes, so we got a pretty small sample size. But I agree with with your uh, observation in that I think he can be a nice complementary fit to the the big three that we kind of discussed earlier, and and really help bring the best out in them as a, a guy that screens, runs to the rim, finishes at the rim, and then cleans up things on the glass uh, in, in blocking shots. And then the other part of that two-headed monster that TJ, that's how TJ Otzelberger put it the other night after the game, George Condit went four or four from the field, had four rebounds uh, for nine points. And then he had an assist as well. You would like to see him not have four turnovers from the center spot, especially if they're going to have the ball in his hands as much as it appears as they will with their horn set. But uh, I mean, I thought that was the best basketball I've seen George play in, in 24 minutes in probably two years, maybe probably since the Seton hall game uh, in 2019, December, 2019, which is really kind of the last time that I thought we say it, saw Iowa state play at a, a, re, a you know, relatively high level, uh, great minutes from George. And if he can build on that and continue to get better then you know, he's going to have a, a really solid senior season for Iowa state. I agree. And I, I think his activity level was, was off the charts. I thought, especially in the second half. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with him is there are going to be times that, that they can get him a little bit more involved in the offense and, and get him some touches, but the more things that he can do kind of tacking on to what I said with Robert Jones, where, you know, if they don't ever run a play for you the entire game and you can still find a way to get, you know, six, eight, 10 points, you know, grab eight rebounds, you know, providing you're not in foul trouble and you're getting to play, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game, that is going to give those sorts of intangible things along with um, Iowa State kind of cleaning up some things on the offensive end of the floor or what's going to give them opportunities to try to grind out wins as we go through the non-conference and get into conference uh, conference play. I think it's going to be very important from their bigs that they get a lot of activity out of them without running a ton of stuff to feature them on the offensive end of the floor. Those guys are going to have an important job tomorrow night. Uh, against Oregon State with uh, Warith Alatiche, uh, who's kind of the star for for the Beavers, had 21 points in their season opener, eight rebounds, uh, and led the Pac-12 in offensive rebounding last season. What have you started to look too much at the Beavers yet? Have you done any prep for the game? 
Well, no, I actually am waiting on uh, access to the game film. I did read, you know, an article on the game and it, it sounds like, you know, they had a little bit of a, a lull to start the game and then uh, came on as the game wore on. So I haven't had a chance to see him play, but initially I think two of their three, you know, leading scorers were forwards. And I, I think in, against Kennesaw State, their, the strength of their team offensively was on the perimeter. It looks like Oregon State is going to be a, a little bit more of a test inside and with only, you know, four, what I would consider to be like true college big men on the team, on this team, having just watched the, the Cyclones kind of go through foul trouble, that's going to be a, a big, um, a big factor in the game on Friday night. Can they defend as hard as they did? And, you know, you got four guys with five fouls each. So you get 20, you get 20 fouls out of, out of big men. Can they find a way to compete, make him into a, a, a volume shooter? If, you know, if he gets 20, make him make it on 15 looks or whatever with, without fouling. Um, I thought one of the things that was really stood out to me was how well Iowa state trapped um, the post on Tuesday night and the rotations out of that. I would look for them to take that approach again. I think that helps keep those bigs out of situations where, you know, they're a little bit more prone to getting a foul. And I think it'll be important that Iowa state's rotations out of that are, uh, are strong uh, like they were on Tuesday night. He's Scott Christofferson. You can hear him more tomorrow night on the broadcast of Iowa State's game against Oregon State on ESPN+. Scott, thanks for taking some time and joining us uh, tonight on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Thanks for having me. We'll have more Cyclone Fanatic Radio coming up after this on the Morning Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Cyclone fans. This is Dr. Brian Warmy, orthopedic sports medicine surgeon at McFarland Clinic. I really enjoy working with athletes of all ages, including the football team here in town. My colleague, Dr. Greenwald, and I provide specialized orthopedic care to patients of all ages, including sports injury evaluation, treatment, arthroscopic surgery, stem cells, and other biologics. Come see me in Ames for your sports injury needs, and don't let your injury keep you out of your game learn more at mcfarlandsportsmedicine.com go cyclones many people are still working remotely but a lot are gradually returning to their office and that workplace has changed forever fortunately dressing well for work has not mr b and clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a zoom call we have what you need Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street in Clive. My life gets crazy with my twins and a husband who works 80 hours a day, I mean a week, and I decided to start my own business on top of it, which is insanely crazy. But thanks to the Iowa Clinic, it was easy to see my doctor. And when I get there, she listens to me. So I feel like I have a partner. And before I know it, I can get back to my crazy, busy, insanely busy life where I have a busy business, busy husband, busy twins. Oh no, where's the other one? Oh, I'm holding her. Anyway, with same-day appointments and online scheduling, the Iowa Clinic is care how you want it. Visit iowaclinic.com. Hey y'all, Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our 
friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company and go Cyclones. Welcome back Thursday night. You know what that means here on Cyclone Fanatic Radio. We are here with our friend Tim Mullen from Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive Brent Bloom. What's up, boys? Hey, uh, I'm ready for some football. Uh, we're we're in November, man. It's the best time of the year. Um, now that the Braves have secured the world championship, we move on to bigger and brighter things. Brent Bloom, how are you today? Hanging in there, ready to go to Lubbock. Good call on Tuesday night. How uh, how frustrating slash um, liberating was it for you watching 57 fouls be called at Hilton Coliseum? Everybody comes for the officiating show, me included. So I was <laughs> I was loving it. <laughs> oh, I, I was I was gonna. I thought I'd get home though at like two in the morning, wake my kids up. It my was gosh, something. that thing took forever. I had to leave. Like I, I had my kids, I couldn't stay. Like it just was. It was too. It was too long. But uh, anyways, we're here to talk. Um, we're talking. We're here talking football. Plenty of time for basketball in the very near future. Tim Mullen, real quick, I did come and buy one of those fancy schmancy 4K TVs at yep. Nebraska Furniture Mart last week. And yeah. it, so we talked about this last week, but I hadn't had time to set it up. I did get it set up, and I was able to watch. Um, I watched some European soccer in 4K over yep. the weekend, and I must say it, it's uh, it's changed my life. And then we've been watching yeah. the we've been watching the nature shows in 4K. Those are amazing. Oh, yeah, those man. are amazing, buddy. Oh man, seeing like art and nature and scenic views, landscape views, oh. things like that, it'll blow your mind. It's uh, you can actually seek out the 4K programming. Uh, so make yeah. sure you continue to do that. A lot of high profile European soccer and even some of the NFL games will be there for you. Yeah, but definitely seek that out. But you're right, it's uh. It's different than anything you're going to see anywhere. Well, I would encourage people. I have no idea what your uh, weekly special is coming up, but with uh, Black Friday, there's always deals um, for your bowl games, your NFL playoffs, whatever you're into. I'm telling you guys, uh, I was was once a guy, oh, it's, you know – HD is HD. Well, the the technology's come around. I, I'm a I can fully get on board with that. Yeah, we got uh, we're getting ready for the Black Friday holiday season. We're going to have a killer ad, especially in the TV department. Uh, the value that you're going to find on some of the larger, better TVs is going to be really 
really worth your time and effort to take a look at our ad that comes out. Right now we're running a, a killer deal. You know, you've taken advantage of this mm-hmm. uh, coming and seeing our flooring department. But right now we're running a deal where it's 55 cents on the dollar plus 11% off. Plus you can take up to 24 months financing anything over 499 on your flooring. Mm. So uh, ever a better time uh, to make sure you're coming in and taking care of that. And then also there's still the appliance tiered event going on. The more you buy, the more you save. So a lot of good things going on, but keep an eye out for the, the holiday flyers coming out. A lot of people are letting them out early. I haven't got told if we're going to let that go early yet or not, but keep an eye out because there's going to be some sweet TV deals and some doorbusters going on. Yeah, but those other folks letting it out early, I mean, they, they got to do that. You guys are you guys are the king of the castle. We're a Nebraska freaking uh, furniture mart. We don't need to be doing any of the, yeah. you know, uh, the mumbo jumbo. We are the uh the proverbial cat's meow. I I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, yeah, we're not into mumbo jumbo. We're just into deals <laughs> that save you money, help you create the lifestyle you're looking for in your home, just like you with the 4K TV. Oh, Come man. hit us up. We'll get you taken care of. All right. There you go. Uh, all right, Tim. So, man, I was looking at last week. We were all on fire. We all went 5-1 yeah. and one in last week's picks. That's got to be one of our best weeks ever. Uh, yeah, except you went four and two. Yeah. Oh yeah. You had me at five and one last week. That's what you had me on the email. I did. But then I went to the accounting firm of Mullen and Mullen and rechecked my stuff (laughs) and found you going four and two. Ah, bummer. Which still a good week. That's yeah. That's just having my 15 year old daughter, Haley, double check my math. And she goes, dad, you missed one. And I went, thanks. And I appreciate it. But yeah, great week across the board. Uh, really no separation. We're all divided by one point right now as far as wins. Bloom still atop the castle at 29, though. You and I right behind him at 28. We got some fun games. I'm going to go through them start, sort of quick. I got six games I thought looked good, but let's not dwell on them a lot. The first one is an SEC tilt where we have number 11 Texas A&M, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at number 15 Ole Miss. Uh, the SEC kind of bounces around a lot this year, guys. One team wins next time they get creamed. I think this is the time where Old Miss comes back and protects its home turf, shows why they're a viable option as a big candidate in the SEC, and I think they take care of business against Texas A&M. Bloom, what do you got here, buddy? I, I like A&M. A&M's playing some of the best football in the country right now, actually, and uh, I think Old Miss has kind of been inconsistent, so I like I like the Aggies. All right, C-Dub? Uh, man... <laughs> Always a sweet spot for me when Ole Miss, when we're picking these Ole Miss games. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll ride with you. I'll ride with you. That'll be a brutal atmosphere. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really trust Texas A&M. I agree with Brent how well that they're playing. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll play the home team here, but I'll admit I'm not really that confident either. But, yeah, give me the home team and the points. Okay. Uh, giant killer. Purdue University, number 19th ranked Purdue University, heading to number four, Ohio State, heading to the shoe. 20-point favorite is Ohio State at home versus Purdue. C-Dub, what do you got here? Uh, Give me Ohio State. The line looks really inflated on the surface, and there's usually a reason for that. Purdue is very – they're kind of – I don't know. They're they're kind of like the Big Ten's West Virginia. You just don't quite know. They they've had a hard time stringing them together. Ohio State struggled last week. I think that they bounce back. That's a lot of points for a good Purdue team, but Vegas usually knows. So I'll I'll ride with it. Uh, Ohio State by twenty four. All right, Bloom. I'll take Purdue here. I think uh, Purdue's playing good football. Defense has been solid all year, and I don't think they're going to win. But I think they keep it within twenty. 
Yeah, simple uh, what Bloom said. 20 points too much. Purdue good enough to stay within that. Uh, like Purdue hanging within 20 here on the road. Uh, next one up, horrible Jim Harbaugh, number six, Michigan, a 1.5 point favorite, 1.5 at Penn State. Uh, C-Dub, you're the Harbaugh apologist. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to pick against him here, though. I'm uh, – yeah. listen, a lot of these Big Ten East teams, maybe Ohio State included, I think that they're a neck above, but – you know, I, I went on the record on my radio show last week and picked Purdue to beat Michigan State. It had less to do with uh, Purdue and more to do with Michigan State. I think that a lot of these these Tier 2 right behind Ohio State East teams are very similar, and that includes Penn State. Had they not had quarterback problems when they did, they could very well be the sixth-ranked team in the country, you know, while yeah, it, it, where Michigan is at right now. They're getting healthy. That, that'll be a happening crowd. Give me Penn State here. I actually really like this pick. All right. What do you think, Bloom? I'm going to go the other way. I like. <laughs> I think Michigan's – the numbers still really – the analytics love Michigan, and I'm, a, I'm an analytic guy. And uh, any team that loses to Illinois, I'm going against. <laughs> That's actually – that's some of the most sound advice you've had all pretty year. But that. Pretty good in that. You're, you're welcome. As the wise Lee Corso would say, not so fast. I'm with C-Dub here. <laughs> Penn State needs a statement win. Michigan is ripe. Michigan's just butthurt that they're uh, seated lower than Michigan State right now. So we'll go with them being out of their head about that. Here comes the fun games, guys. I think this is probably the best game in college football this week. Number eight, Oklahoma, five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Baylor. Uh, You know, for a while there, Oklahoma was inconsistent to me. I think they found that consistency. They're scary to me again. Uh, I think this is Oklahoma's game to to really show out. I love Oklahoma here at Baylor. What do you got here, Bloom? I like Baylor. I think Baylor's really sound, and Oklahoma is due to lose a game. I mean, they've been flirting with it all year. I think Caleb Williams is a nice player, but I think the Baylor defense is ready. I mean, the, the issue for them is they just lost an assistant coach. <laughs> He's now just got hired at Texas Tech in the midweek here. Yeah. But I think ba- Baylor surprised people all year. I think they do it again. I don't – I'm not picking the outright win, but I think it's within uh, the six. Yeah, I mean, I don't really disagree with anything Bloom says. In fact, I, I think that the logic is there. I do like Oklahoma off of a bye. They have good coaching. We all know that. That hasn't changed. They're going to get better. Um, my question is more about Baylor. Like, what, what's what's happening with Baylor, right? What, what was last week's game at, at TCU? Was that TCU circling the wagon for – it's coach, you know, that just went down. Is that uh, Baylor slumping? You know, frankly, have they been overperforming? I, I don't know. I think Oklahoma's got a loss in it. I do think that that loss comes next week to Iowa State. So give me the Bears to win the game outright. And with that, I'm going to lay the points. So, yeah, excuse me, not the Bears. Uh, give me the Sooners to win the game outright, and I'll lay the points. Yeah, I had you there. I mean, and C Dub, my question for you is. Or Bloom, really more based on what you said. I mean, I have watched a decent amount, but what do you think is, uh, as far as the new quarterback at Oklahoma doing what he's doing, it seems to me that once you got uh, Rattler out of the way, they've kind of solidified and taken off. Is that not what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's Williams has been really good, but you just got to question the competition level. I mean, you had a half against Texas, you played Kansas, and then you played Texas Tech. I mean, maybe I'm missing one in there as well, but TCU, I think. But 
it's just, I don't know. I, they're due, and Baylor's really good. Like, at, at some point, we will realize that Dave Aranda is a really good coach. I think he'll have a good scheme. It's not an intimidating place to play, but I think Oklahoma's been flirting for so long, more defensively than offensively. I think Baylor can keep this, you know, 31-28, something like that. Okay. Nope, that's fair. I just They seem to me to be a little bit better without Rattlers. So uh, let's move on to the final. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Final two in-state tilts, gentlemen. We have uh, one at home, one on the road. We have the Golden Gophers of Minnesota falling out of love with the college football committee after their loss. Uh, and number 20, Iowa at home, favored by five and a half. Uh, I'll go here. A lot of excitement and enthusiasm with Padilla taking over. Not exactly sure what's going on with Petrus. They say there's an injury, but he's not even on the two deep. I think it'll be the passing of the torch if Padilla can do that. There was excitement, enthusiasm. He's definitely more mobile. Um, you know, we'll see what a whole game does here, but I think coming off a loss and coming to Iowa with energy, I think Iowa takes care of the five and a half at home and, and more than covers this against Minnesota. Uh, Bloom, what do you got here? I'm just not comfortable taking Iowa's offense against anybody with – a competent anything. And I think Minnesota, although they've had a bizarre year, they've been competent at times. And I just, I think that Iowa offense is just not reliable to give anybody points at the moment. Unless you're Northwestern. Yeah. 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 No. And then we can grind out 13 points or whatever it was. What do you guys see? That's right. I I agree. This is an Iowa win by three or one. Like, uh, I actually think it's the worst thing for Iowa that Minnesota lost last week, to be honest. Like they, they're probably more focused now than the, than they would have been. The Padilla thing, I, I agree with you, Tim. I think he probably should have been playing a lot earlier. I've never been high on Spencer Petras. He just he's not mobile enough to play behind a bad offensive line, which Iowa's really struggled right. there. So right. I, I do think that, that that continues to get better, but now there's some tape out on him, so Minnesota will scout him better than Northwestern had. But I, I think Iowa will win the football game at home. They're the more consistent team. But I, I'm with Brent, like, just laying points, almost a touchdown is a little scary. So, Iowa by three. Sure, sure. Uh, next one, we go to Lubbock, gentlemen. Ten-and-a-half uh, point favorite on the road is Iowa State uh, at the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, I'll, I'll go first here and get out of the way. Ten-and-a-half, uh, I mean, seems like a lot to me on the road. I'd love under ten. Um, over ten-and-a-half, you're giving me a field goal and a touchdown on the road. Texas Tech isn't playing that bad this year, although Iowa State being in rhythm, I think they win here definitely, but I will take the 10.5 and sit on Texas Tech here. Um, I guess I'll take Iowa State. I, I'm i terrified, though. I don't like the interim coach thing. We Bloom and I talked about this on our podcast earlier this week. That that somewhat terrifies me. But I, I Tech is one of those teams Iowa State under Campbell has really played well against. I, I am wondering – you know, what, what is the atmosphere like down there? They hired that new coach this week, but he's clearly not coaching yet. Um, they are – they're not a bad team. Like, that. The, you think, like, oh, coach gets fired in the middle of the year. They must be really underperforming. They were 5-3 and three under Matt Wells. Like, they weren't, they weren't doing bad. However, John Haycock has really done well again. The last year was one of the – one of the great dissections I've ever seen in the sport of football, like covering it with Iowa state. And yeah, I just, I feel like Iowa state's offense is going to be clicking and I don't know, 41, 20. I actually think that this is 41, 17. I don't, I don't think this game will be very close. 
Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, the, what prob- you got, the, the problem with Texas Tech is they still don't stop the run. And Iowa State will not go away from the run if they, they don't have to. I think Brees Hall could have a monster day down there. And the Iowa State defense had played so well last week against Texas. Chris, I think your score is pretty close. Like, I think 38-17, 38-24, 41-20, something like that. I think Iowa State's run game will be the story after Saturday afternoon. All right, gentlemen. Well, we'll have separation for sure. Yes. Bloom and I, Bloom and I separate on five games. Wow. So there'll be some parity there. C-Dub riding with both of us kind of back and forth, riding that mediocre middle line. But it'll be a fun week, guys. I'm looking forward to it. That is the story of my life, just mediocre. <laughs> Everything's mediocre. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, making some picks here with our friends from Nebraska Furniture Mark. Get on out, take care, or take advantage of those special deals. And uh, we'll be back with more of the Cyclone Fanatic Thursday night radio show here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMS. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. It's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to partner with the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. As many business schools across the country are eliminating full-time MBA programs completely or moving them online, the Ivy College of Business is documenting all-time high enrollment for both the MBA and Master of Finance programs. To learn how a master's degree from the Ivy College of Business can boost your career, visit www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. That's www.ivybusiness.iastate.edu. Go Cyclones! Many people are still working remotely, but a lot are gradually returning to their office, and that workplace has changed forever. Fortunately, dressing well for work has not. Mr. B and Clive has a great variety of different clothing options depending on your personal situation. Whether it's a traditional suit and tie or a casual pant and golf shirt for a Zoom call, we have what you need. Come see for yourself at Mr. B Clothing on 86th Street and Clive. 
Hey Cyclone fans, ever wondered how we could use our Cyclone spirit for the greater good? If we each give a little, together we can multiply the power of our gifts to help Iowa State University students when unexpected needs arise. Your gift can make the difference in helping a student finish out the semester or keep an internship experience within reach. To make a gift and to move what matters for Iowa State students, go to isufoundation.com. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clyde. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. This is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. This is my 30th year taking care of Iowa State athletes, and I am a proud supporter of the Cyclones. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleague, Dr. Warmy and I, for excellent sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Thanks to Chris, Tim, and Brent, as always, for their help here on the show, making their weekly picks. Thanks, of course, to Tim and, and the folks at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive for them, their support of Cyclone Fanatic radio. Uh, we're going to switch gears again. We talked about men's basketball to lead off the show with Scott Christofferson, and now we're going to bring in uh, Connor Ferguson, who does not have near as good of a jump shot as Scott Christofferson did, but is our resident uh, women's basketball reporter. How are you doing this evening, Connor? Okay, well, now I'm kind of nervous because I have to follow up with Scott Christofferson. No one told me that. And also, my jump shot, I, I don't get off the ground because uh, I developed it when I was a fat kid. So I didn't have any any height on the jump shot, and uh, – it's just translated to very poor form. You and Chris Williams with your uh, set shots, man. Chris is Chris uh, swears that he could shoot sixty percent from three on set shots. I think is the number he told me. The only number I guarantee is one of ten. One of ten. I can go ten percent, but we're gonna get a big momentum boost after I hit the one. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, set up this fanatic basketball game. This fanatic basketball game. Well, for one, I don't think our staff is big enough unless we're going to play like three on three or something like that. And That's I would just have to, hockey. I mean, me and Scott would just have to embarrass you guys. I'll just take, I'll take Todd Blythe and Brett Meyer and that's enough athleticism oh my and gosh. whoever else of all the people on, on the Cyclone fanatic staff, you're going to take Brett Meyer and Todd Blythe your first picks. I, I assume that you're not available in this draft and you just claim Scott. Yeah. And I claim so Rob Gray because Rob Gray's lethal with the hook shot. You guys can have Chris Williams. So, yeah, hot take. I, I think Todd Blythe is a bit more athletic than Rob Gray. Uh, just debatable. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, that's highly debatable. But, uh, all right, let's talk about some Iowa State women's hoops. Uh, the Cyclone women got a win over Omaha to open the season here uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Ashley Jones, kind of an up and down game for her after being uh, injured in the in the exhibition game, uh, didn't shoot the ball well at all in that one. Uh, but they did defend pretty well, which is a, a positive for that team. What uh, what was your big takeaway from the game? 
Yeah, that's the thing is uh, you, you can't have that bad shooting night against uh, really good teams or it's going to hinder you and uh, prevent you from winning those games. But holding them to 41 points, I think it was, is uh, that's, a, that's a huge number for them just to uh, start off with a great defensive game like that. They can build around that a little bit. Now it's just kind of waiting for, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just when those shots are going to fall. You know, when are we going to see that lights out performance that – um, we've seen the past from the shooters and the talents there. We've seen them do it. So they're not going to start going away from it because they've started out the year with a couple of rough shooting nights. But uh, Lexi Donarski went six of 12 from three point range. Ashley Jones went three of nine, uh, got one of six from Aubrey Jones. And then, man, everybody else was was really struggling. Oh, four from Emily Ryan. Oh, five from Danae Fritz. Uh, what? What did Coach Fennelly have to say after the game about the the shooting? Is there any concern in that area, you think, from him? Uh, I think there's a little concern anytime you shoot like that. Um, and they they started out a lot rougher than uh, what the final number ended up being. I think Donarski hit, hit like four of her last five just okay. to get it up to six of 12. And that's still a great mark. But I, I think there's some concern there. But I think at the same time, he knows that the makes are just going to come. Um, and for what it's worth, the younger kids look way more comfortable in Hilton than I've seen any young group of freshmen look at Iowa state. So I really like that part of it and that, uh, that aspect there. But uh, Bill kind of said, he, you're not gonna, you're not going to tell them to stop shooting. They're taking good shots. So he'll let it fly and uh, we'll see um, just how it goes. What has he said about the the extended three point line? Uh, that that line went back to where the the men's line's been now for a couple of years uh, this season. Is I mean, has he said much about that or what he thinks that that's going to do to to shooting? Yeah, he uh, he just he kind of amounts it to kids have got to adjust, and yeah. it might expose some kids as like not great three point shooters that might have been all right with the shorter line. Um, but yeah, he, he just said, it's another thing you got to learn. It's another thing you got to adjust. Um, I don't know if that happened my first year with Cyclone Fanatic, but I feel like it, this is the second time it's happened. Um, Are they the line? The yeah, I could be, I could be completely wrong. And maybe they just extended the men's line and we were asking about that. Yeah, but they I did. remember it. a couple years ago, he was talking about it. They did extend the men's line just a couple years ago. Um, and they're, there was a point where they extended the women's line too, but I think that was when I was covering the team and that, and it was the same thing where it just went back to where the men had been for a couple of years yeah. at that point. And, uh, you know, one of the best analysis, and it's kind of along the lines of what, what Bill said, when, when they moved the men's line back, I asked Bruce Weber at big 12 media days, what he thought was going to happen with that. And the thing he said was average shooters are going to be bad shooters now and great shooters are going to be good shooters and good shooters will be average shooters. And like everybody just moves down a rung on what they can do. And eventually, like, I think it works its way back to the mean, but it like takes a couple years to get there, you know? So like, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. If like the people who, you know, before could shoot 40% are shooting 35% now. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. I know. Um, I know what you mean. I think, uh, I think that'll be a big, battle with that too is how well can Iowa state's team adjust yeah. uh, through this season. And yeah, yeah. It's going to take uh, a few years for all of college basketball to get it, but uh, how quickly can you get your team to do it? Especially a team like Finley's that 
what's it been? 700 games in a row with a three? It's eight, 880, I think John Walter oh, said on their yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm a few hundred off. That's bad. Yeah. Well, they've got people who are going to keep making shots, I think, regardless of what the distance is. Um, what What's Ashley's status now with the, the ankle? Is she back to full strength, you think, or is she, uh, you know, still kind of battling through that stuff from what you're hearing? Uh, I was uh, in the front row of the press conference after the game, and I asked uh, Ashley how the ankle was, and she just looked at me with a straight face and said, feels great. Yeah, it sounds Bill, about right for Bill Ashley. Looked at her, Bill looked at her and said, Ashley, you can't lie to the media. Can't be yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, can't lie to the media. I think it's still a little roughed up. She's got six days now to rest it, um, and that's – yeah, six days. Um, that's huge for an ankle thing like that, especially one that – you know, just screwing with you and bothering you. I think they're being really careful. They don't want to overwork anyone. And, you know, if Ashley was Maggie Espen Miller McGraw, would she have played on Tuesday? Probably not. Right. Right. Um, I think, I think they just know what her capability is of uh, pain tolerance on and all that. And they're doing their best they can to rehab her. What have you seen from the, uh, the post play? I know that that's been a, a group that I think everybody's been pretty happy with so far. Uh, obviously Morgan Kane got the start, but only played nine minutes. Uh, the transfer from Butler, you're going to have to help me with her name. And uh, then, Nyamere do. Yeah. Nyamere do. Uh, and then Izzy Zingaro played for the first time as a cyclone as well, had seven rebounds in that game. What, what did coach Fennelly have to say about that group? Um, yeah, he was pretty pleased with what he saw on Tuesday. I think, uh, and this is more of my analysis to this, but I, they're just going to have to play gritty yeah. and find those couple of points, couple of rebounds here and there, whenever you can find them. Um, Izzy might have won the starting job, honestly, uh, with that performance there. Uh, he kind of had a quote that was like, yeah, she did something right here. Now it's uh, – her job to see if she can defend what she did or something. Uh, something I'm paraphrasing like right. really poorly there, but uh, so now that, I mean, they're down to three post players. Uh, Beatrice Jordao uh, is out a couple weeks with an injury that she's rehabbing uh, to try to get back healthy. Um, and Zingaro uh, and Kane are probably at the top rung. And then Maggie Vick is the third. And we haven't seen a ton from her, uh, but she has gotten a couple points on the board. So it's, it's a tricky situation. We'll just see, like, how gritty they can get, I guess, over the course of the year. Going to have some big tests coming up next week for this team. Three games in, uh, in seven days. Got South Dakota State and Hilton on Monday and then come down to uh, play Drake at the Knapp Center on Thursday and then got Southern at back at home on Sunday. What uh, what are still kind of the focuses, you know, what did coach Finley say they need to continue to work on and, and what are the things that I think are, you know, you think are going to be the priorities going into a three game stretch next week? Well, I think you got to get shooting, right. Um, and I also think you start off the week with the toughest of those three teams. Uh, I watched Drake on whatever night that was. It was last night. Yeah. It was last night. night. There we yeah. go. <laughs> See, I yeah. told you I'm screwed up this week. Um, I, I think South Dakota State's better than Drake. Drake looks solid, though, uh, and both those teams will be solid uh, no matter which way you look at it. So I think I think you just got to look at shooting, uh, especially in that first game, because if they don't shoot well, they won't win it. Um, and that's, you know, if they do, it'll be a Christmas miracle. But you got to look at shooting. If you get that win against South Dakota State, then it turns into a ride-the-momentum thing mm -hmm. uh, and just keep 
keep getting that post play um, elevating and all of that. All right, man. We uh, appreciate you taking some time here tonight and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again down the road. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Well, actually, we won't have a game uh, or won't have a show next week because Iowa State will be taking on Drake uh, at the Nap Center, and that'll be here on 1460 KXNO. So we'll talk to you guys in two weeks again. Wait, isn't – I think Thanksgiving is two weeks from today. So I, I don't know. We're going to do a show. It might be, not be for three weeks, but we'll do another Cyclone Fanatic radio show here before too long on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.